Hi, thanks for tuning in to High on Horror. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're reviewing Lover's Lane. You know, the place where you park your car and go through the bases until you hopefully hit a home run. Hopefully. Well, we're not talking about that Lover's Lane. (laughs) We're talking about the slasher from 1999 that came in the heart of the teen slasher boom that Scream started. Uh, Lover's Lane, despite being a financial success, is still very much overlooked, or should I say, overhooked, <laughs> since there's a hook man. No? And how many puns you going to have today? <laughs> <laughs> Lover's Lane is also the first distributed movie of Anna Ferris. So, is this movie worth unearthing, or did it get lost in the folds for a reason? Tune in today to find out on High, High on, on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. you hear that train noise you know what time it is it's time for strain wreck the way we like to start off every show the segment of our show where we discuss what we're smoking this episode or what strain we're smoking should i say to start us off on the right foot john what are we doing man what are we smoking today uh we're gonna smoke one it's uh we're smoking an indica that's very calming okay. uh, vanilla kush oh i like that as a pretty moderate to high thc uh the indica strain comes from barney's farm in amsterdam and clinched second place overall in the 2009 high times cannabis cup for the coffee shop and seed company uh bred from afghan and cashmere strains this kush beauty is a gift to the senses with her notes of vanilla lavender and a hint of citrus plants flower in eight weeks and produce large soft flowers that are light green with a hint of orange. We got a uh, sleepy, relaxed, hungry, uh, dry mouth. That's us all the time anyway. Sleepy, tired, yeah, hungry. That's fair. <laughs> dry mouth, dry eyes, and dizzy apparently. And uh, I, let me see. I had this. Uh, oh, yeah. Here was the uh, review I saw. Somebody said, smoke this beauty when I visited Popeye's in Amsterdam. <laughs> this strain has to be one of my top three selected due to the fact the smell was completely out of this world the moment I opened the bag. The bud tender handed me, uh, or sorry, the bag the bud tender handed me, I immediately got a strong smell of lavender, funnily enough, funnily enough is how it's written. Uh, once I rolled a blunt, I took a dry draw of my Philly and felt like I had chewed on lavender. Once I walk a flocks that shit, every single draw I took <laughs> tasted like what I'd imagined Megan Fox's bathwater tastes like. <laughs> Seriously, never came across a strain like this in my life. Once I pee did eat the blunt, I felt as if the coffee shop was floating on water or some shit because the whole goddamn place was rocking. I don't freak out or anything. I just laugh myself stupid in the corner of a shop eating a space cake looking like Doug Benson at a birthday party. I don't know who Doug Benson <laughs> I don't is. Either. What the fuck? I was too faded to even think about getting more before I left, but trust me. If you get a chance to get your hands on this strain, jump at that shit and remember, don't smoke meth. Shit will fuck you up, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, some pretty good life lessons on that last sentence. Uh, That was a a hell of a review. I like that you're reading these reviews. They're quite entertaining, actually. (laughs) I mean, I am purposely trying to find the most outrageous reviews each time, but I'm not hiding that. Did you uh, did you load the bomb up? Uh, no, I didn't. Sorry, no, man, I mean, it is strain sorry, wreck, man. I'm sorry, we just smoked before we recorded. I forgot about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so let's talk about Lover's Lane a little bit before we get into the movie. Um, so the writers, Jeff Miller and Rory Veal, uh, 
They got the project greenlit themselves after being let down by prior work of theirs never getting greenlit. To get this, the original um, the original version had more humor, but most of it was filtered out in rewrites. There was a total of 14 drafts of the script. 14. Really? 14 drafts of the script, right? You wouldn't think that when you watched the movie, right? That, that uh, it went through 14 uh, rewrites? No. I would not <laughs> think it went through 14 drafts. Uh, wow. I'd, I'd be interested to see what the first draft was. Yeah, same. Uh, it, it, well, the, the first rewrite was the opening scene, and it was a helicopter shot. And that shot ended up being filmed in the director's garage, John Stephen Ward. And uh, his house was also also used for other pickup shots as well. And uh, the, also, the director, John, wasn't even the first choice of director for Lover's Lane. But due to uh, pre-production taking so long, the first director dropped off. So. I mean... T- how many i wonder how many uh script rewrites he sat through yeah like what did the script look like when he was on board that's a good question and how many times had it been rewritten at that point that he was just like i'm done <laughs> he probably thought this might never happen this is too many rewrites you know i just can't believe it went through 14 though right it so baffles me and and uh, i also i had it mentioned went through 14 that's what they settled on yeah 14 okay. they had they had uh, all the uh the different drafts were printed on different color paper and they counted 14 different colored pa- colored pages throughout the draft so yeah but uh yeah and i mentioned that the movie was a financial success um and but that was mostly due to the video market blockbuster actually distributed it and uh, it did very well but it did just as good if not better with overseas distri- distribution um so it was a success because profit was made that's so. that's uh surprising to me because i mean granted we weren't in the horror the level we are now but i mean that's like if something came out, you kind of knew. Yeah. I just feel like I never, and I don't, re, I don't remember Blockbuster ever like hyping that movie. No, me neither. I don't remember seeing it at Blockbuster, so it's interesting because I, I definitely, it's definitely one I would have picked out. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, and uh, the, another thing worth mentioning before we review the film, and before you listeners out there check it out, is that uh, some of these scenes are dark. As I'll mention later during, like when we're rating the movie, during my rating, I'll, I'll talk about some of these dark scenes. But uh, the dark scenes are from the fact that Lover's Lane was filmed on film, uh, pre-digital. So uh, and then they didn't have the, uh, they couldn't look at dailies to see how some of the shots came out. So you know, so they would just film and then move on to the next scene, and then they'd get scenes back from the prior day that they were too dark. But uh, too bad the, the ball's already rolling, and you just have to roll with it. So some of the shots are dark. And uh, they didn't have time for reshoots. So you are going to witness a, a good scene or two that's just really, really dark. And, really um, dark. And then it, I feel like it's really contrasted when you see like some of the scenes by like a house that has yeah. a lot of light. It just yeah. looks so bright. There's times it almost looks like it's daytime. Right. Because of how dark the previous scenes are. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'll stop rambling here, John. So you can uh, go ahead and uh, you know, so, uh, walk us through the plot. All right, Lover's Lane is a 1999 American slasher film directed by John Stephen Ward and starring Aaron Dean, Riley Smith, Sarah Lancaster, and uh, as you brought up in her feature film debut, Anna Ferris. It was also known as I'm Still Waiting for You. I like that title, actually. Yeah, that's probably better, actually, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, the film is based on, you know, the urban legend of the hook and follows around a group of teenagers who are terrorized by an escaped mental patient in and around Lover's Lane. And, uh, getting into the plot here, 
Uh, Thirteen years ago on Valentine's Day at a local lover's lane, Dee Dee and Jimmy were uh, getting their smooch on in a car, and then bam, motherfucking maniac wielding a steel hook attacks them. But uh, wait, there's more. <laughs> they escaped their car only to find another couple, Harriet and Ward, slaughtered in their car next to theirs. And then we enter a psychiatrist, because you know all good slashers need, need a psychiatrist. Uh, of course. Jack Grief and Sheriff Tom Anderson, who were in shock to find his wife Harriet and one of the, uh, is one of the lovers who had been murdered. Uh, the killer, Ray Hennessy, is uh, caught and to be revealed to be one of Jack's patients who had a thing for Harriet. Uh, Ray is locked up in the nearby institution for the criminally insane and given the nickname The Hook. Alright, so after that, we fast forward to the present day and we're introduced to Jack's popular daughter, Chloe, and Tom's socially awkward daughter, Mandy, who attend high school together. I feel like that's all high school kids in movies. Yeah. Like, in the 90s. It's always, they have, like, if they have two daughters, it has to be, like, polar opposites. I agree. It's not that, like... Both of them are super popular. Both of them are nerdy. It's the ones like the cheerleader and the ones like... The nerdy goth chick or something. Yeah, totally. Uh, Anyway, uh, uh, they attend high school together. Uh, During a class, Chloe overhears that her boyfriend Michael is planning to break up with her. So in a fit of rage, she tries to drown him in the pool. (sighs) Jack is called to school where he meets with Principal Penny Lampson. And uh, Chloe gets suspended from school while Michael is grounded by his mother, Principal Penny. Uh... Things take a dark turn when the Hook retrieves his weapon and escapes the mental institution. Sheriff Tom warns Penny as her husband was having an affair with Harriet and was murdered along with her. Later that night, Michael sneaks out of his home to meet with his friends at the bowling alley, including Chloe, Mandy, and a few others. Deputy David Schwick is put in charge of keeping Chloe and Mandy safe. Uh, Chloe's trying to make Michael jealous and leaves with Bradley to go to Lover's Lane. As the pair travel in their car, Chloe enters a store, unaware that the owner is murdered as she departs. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, Deputy David uh, also enters the shop and is promptly killed. It was one of those ones that you knew it was coming when she was going to the gas station. Yeah, yeah definitely. You knew something was going to happen. The but, setup. Uh, yeah, so meanwhile, uh, Mandy, Michael, Janelle, Doug, Kathy, and Tim arrive at Lover's Lane. Like, I thought Lover's Lane's supposed to be secluded. Just you. There's, like, fucking just parties going on at this bitch. That was, like, the one in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There was so many cars parked up there. It's, like, right? just uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Like, the whole point is you're supposed to be away from everybody so you can go, like, you know, feel people up, make out, whatever you want to do. Do what you gotta do, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever you need to do up there. It's like, you're supposed to be alone. That's like a fucking, like, kegger at this thing. <laughs> which explain, which also makes you wonder, like, how were these people dying? Like, there's, like, so many people <laughs> there. So Nobody many people saw around, something. right, yeah. Crafty uh, killer. Uh, the group finds Bradley's car only to discover that he and Chloe have been murdered before the hook arrives and stabs Tim to death. As the others try to escape in the car, Doug crashes into a tree, knocking everyone unconscious. <laughs> uh, after waking up, Mandy and Michael find the others gone and go to a nearby farmhouse where they arm themselves with a gun and find Janelle and Doug, who has a broken leg. And uh, while Janelle tends to Doug's injury, Mandy and Michael go to the barn to retrieve the missing owner's car. Um, you think 
What do you think about there's good to step? No, nah, it's an older movie, man. Nah, we don't need to nah. do we don't need to do all you that. Got, you got you guys don't 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 get an ad today, so if you get spoilers, don't be mad at me, be mad at Drew. Yeah, I'll take the heat. But also This movie's from nineteen ninety nine. This movie's from the previous century, so Yeah. Do do with that what you want. So uh I guess you could say this kind of served as a warning, maybe. Yeah. But uh, anyway, for no time. Back into the farmhouse, Janelle <laughs> begins to hear noises before the hook smashes through a window. Uh Janelle screams and runs upstairs and barricades herself in a room, but the hook gets in and slaughters her. The hook then kills Doug. In the barn, Michael and Mandy manage to get the car started. As Michael begins to drive, he accidentally runs over Kathy and kills her. I don't... As I say, is unoriginal as I feel like this movie feels for the most part. I don't know too many slashers that have somebody accidentally run over their friend on the ground. <laughs> That's true. Very but, true. Uh, the pair re-enter the house and find Doug and Janelle dead before uh, the hook attacks them. They lock themselves in the kitchen and turn on the gas before escaping out a window. Uh, they're trying to... Uh, what's his name? Eddie Caputo. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, child's play reference there for you yeah, uninitiated out there. For the uninitiated. Uh, yeah, so uh, just like Eddie Caputo, the hook opens up the door, a match is sparked, and the house blows up. Although I guess in his case he shot the gun. Yeah. But uh, either way, boom goes the dynamite. Uh, Sheriff Tom and Penny go to Jack's house where they find the shrine devoted to Mandy before rushing the lover's lane. At the farmhouse, Michael and Mandy take the owner's car and begin to travel to town. On the way, they find Chloe still alive who urges them to return to lover's lane as Bradley has survived. Upon arrival, Mandy leaves in Chloe's car only to find Bradley is actually dead. And that's uh, before she's dragged away into a bush. Uh, in the car, Chloe attacks Michael with a hook, revealing herself as the killer. Uh, Michael escapes, but as Chloe exits, she is slaughtered by an unseen figure. Uh, Mandy's forced into a car by her attacker, revealed to be Jack, who tells her he was the one that had killed Mandy's mother, Harriet, and had survived the explosion at the farmhouse. Uh, Michael saves Mandy... As a fight as a fight breaks out, uh, Tom and Penny arrive and shoot Jack before Mandy kills him with a hook. Uh, the next day at Lover's Lane, Mandy and Michael are medically checked before they leave. Uh, Tom and Penny enter a police car that's revealed to be driven by Ray, the hook. And I also want to talk about how they were, quote, medically checked out. <laughs> you mean how, like, nobody went to the hospital or had any x-rays done? Yeah, like, they just literally got into the back of an ambulance and then just straight hopped out yeah just went home that was a yeah it was weird i don't understand what happened <laughs> like i i don't understand how you check somebody out that quick but uh before we uh that's not the only only thing that's unrealistic about this movie oh but, there's a lot but before we talk about our ratings i wanted to say that the farmhouse at the end wasn't supposed to set on fire like it did the pyrotechnics went overboard and like uh the crew waited like hours and filmed it at two in the morning and the damn thing went up in a blaze, but luckily the owner didn't care and was going to tear it down anyway. Yeah. That's pretty, that would have been fucking sucked. Could you imagine? That would have sucked. Blockbuster um, had been paying him some money. And also, um, Matt Reedy, uh, who played Sheriff Anderson, he likes these types of roles apparently and said that uh, to get into character of Sheriff Anderson, he actually reached, reached out for advice on things like holding guns and behavior and stuff like that. So uh, I can't say that that showed in the movie, but it's cool that he did his homework. Uh... Yeah, you summed up how I would have worded that, that. That was cool that he did it, but I don't know that it was 
needed or necessarily came across. Yeah. But I guess maybe that's the whole point is like, you, you know, it's just a little thing. So you don't necessarily notice it, but yeah. Uh, good for him now. <laughs> um, okay. I guess we'll jump into our ratings here. Yeah. Um, man, it's just a run of the mill slasher pretty much from yeah. the nineties. Yeah. I mean, I guess it barely fits into the nineties. It felt like more like it should have fit in with the late eighties, early nineties. I agree. Yeah. It felt a little dated for it being did. 1999. I it agree did. 100%. But as we pointed out, like, from living from then and being a little younger than they would have been around that age. The clothes, man. The clothes were, were spot on. It, it was peak 1999. And the hairstyles. The only thing missing was the puka shells. <laughs> yeah. But, I yeah. mean, yeah, like, you, I pointed out the dude had had on, like, the, like, sweater vest. It was, like, that beige yellow yep, color yep. and then you pointed out the uh, hawaiian shirt with the baggy white t-shirt underneath <laughs> yeah, long sleeve shirt yeah 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 uh yeah i mean and as those aspects it felt very 1999 ish yeah like, uh, I, I i did feel the times like looking at it, i did i kind of did kind of bring me back there a little bit but it did feel like some of those not so good late 80s early 90s slasher agreed yeah one of those uninspired kind of like came way too late after the point and we of. were we were it's funny we were excited to see this you yeah. told me you got it but you and i'd never heard of it right i was like yeah i'm in to watch this and like 10 minutes in you're like oh this is not gonna be good. Yeah, this is we might be in for trouble here <laughs> uh, man like like a four four out of ten four out of ten four flat okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well so let me just say that this is probably the most long-winded review that like i've ever done so be prepared okay, so this film got you a long-winded review huh? yeah so okay. you'll see why well, i have a couple of points that i need to make when we watched that i was taking notes and you know we were pretty baked but there were certain things that stood out to me that like even as senseless as i was i was like hold on a second um but uh yeah so i'm just gonna start like i said feel free to jump in at any time because i am likely to go on like a tangent here um but first of all for starters the movie gives us boobies in the first minute and 13 yes, seconds. Yes, I forgot about that. First minute and 13 seconds. I mean, the movie's barely yeah. past the opening well, credits. I went I went against my own rule. Remember, I made the joke. I went, well, it's, well actually, no, I didn't. Because I said, oh, well, this automatically baseline puts it just at a five yeah. right now. <laughs> so the rest of the movie was enough that it went back down below the five. <laughs> yeah, so uh, again, we got boobies within the first minute and 13 seconds. So yeah, I, I gave it an automatic three points. I thought, oh, right here automatically i'm gonna give you three points on the board but then they shot the hottest babe in the movie chloe's titties in dark grain barely visible so i took my three points back that i originally gave the movie because i was pissed and then <laughs> and then i learned that it wasn't even sarah lancaster at all that it was a, that it was a damn stripper from portland oregon stepping in as a body double so it wasn't even her tits to begin with so that's another point taken off so to start the best that this movie could rate with me is a six out of ten Without any more flaws, if it's perfect at this point, the best that it can get is a 6 out of 10. And boy, does it have flaws. <laughs> Let me start, okay? okay? First of all, the killer's costume, weak as shit. One of the worst yeah, costume killers that. I've ever seen. And uh, plus, 
two killers like Scream, like you mentioned, uninspiring. They tried to up the intelligence of the script by having an actual hook man on the loose, like a third killer, like in actuality, but it, it falls flat. And uh, the relationship with Chloe and Jack is absolutely sick and Scream's incest. Uh, if you look closely at Jack's book, it's not really shown clear, but if you look, he's this like big all, he's this proud author. If you get a title, if, uh, if you get a look at the title of Jack's book, it's called Sexual Deviance and the Father-Daughter Relationships. Oh, yeah, Ew. man. You Ew. cared way more to go in depth on this movie. This is all stuff that you're saying, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just, I was done with that movie as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as the credits rolled. So, um, but yeah, when well, I was speaking. You've been of, sitting with this. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I had a lot to say. Uh, speaking of J uh, Dr. Jack Grief, my first question. That, that shit just sounds like, it doesn't sound right. There's something about that name that just sounds fucked up for some reason, and I don't know what it is. But listen, when the movie started, okay, at the crime scene at Lover's Lane, Mm -hmm. uh I, I my original question to you was who is this guy and why is he there why is he there doctor or not it doesn't make sense that he would just be there on a crime scene before the fucking sheriff showed up you know uh why would a psychiatrist show up to a yes, murder scene yes uh man, so yeah I'm so when, you, when, man, you when, went in depth on this one. <laughs> so as you watch you come to understand why he was there you know because of the twist he was a killer but i immediately didn't trust him and questioned his actions so it's kind of predictable he was that immediately was, the that was funny that because the whole, movie thinking cause the whole time you're like that's a psychiatrist and then you didn't think it was a psychiatrist because they used the whole two killer thing yeah yeah yep and then, and then um, in the end you ended up being right and then uh, we'll talk about the kills for a second. Okay, the kills are shy, but actually show a good amount of blood. But the thing that's stupid is that you see dead bodies with kill wounds. You don't get, like, gore or makeup during the kill. You got to wait till the deed is done, I guess. And then the camera will just go in and show you a clip of, you know, a slit throat or whatever. So overall, the kills are, as I would, as they say, meh. Um, however, Anna Ferris has the best death scene, and it's a ripoff from The Mutilator. Remember that? She gets, <laughs> yeah. uh, she gets hooked through the giny and... Uh, while we're talking about yeah, ripping things rough. off, so, some of the kills were good. I'll say that. Yeah, even if they were not gory, like the the, the they were good. They were the kills were decent. Um, some of them, but um, as you noticed the scene in Lovers Lane, um, did you notice the scene in Lovers Lane that, that ripped off Scary Movie or this? I'm sorry, the Scary Movie ripped off the scene where like well, which one came first? So, uh, scary Movie came after. But scary movie. Remember in this scene where Shorty pulls up in the car with all his buddies smoking and everything, and that's where he uses his jumper cables to smoke. Yeah. There's that scene in Lover's Lane where like the dude with the uh, Hawaiian shirts driving, or the, the smoke coming out of the car, and they pull up on all the other friends. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could see there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of taken uh, a little bit of taken. The fact that Anna Ferris is in this movie, and then that a scene like that is in Scary Movie, makes me feel like they watched that movie and definitely took some inspiration from it. Um, yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to say before I continue? No. Okay. Uh, and in the timeline of slasher films <laughs> and their evolution, um, I think Lover's Lane leaves its mark. It's like a staple of the times from its particular time, if that makes sense. But uh, like Cherry Falls, Valentine, I know what you did last summer, the Scream sequels, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'd say that all of the ones that I just listed are better than Lover's Lane. <laughs> um, Scream sequels and Cherry Falls included. And... Uh, and can we please talk about that fucking dog head in the refrigerator? <laughs> this is the first and only time that I've ever seen a sculpted dog head with no real hair, just Sculpey or Clay or whatever the fuck they use as a prop, and what's supposed to be a shocking scene. It's just awful execution. Just a clay sculpted dog head chilling on a plate. I got a question. What's that? Lover's Lane or Scream 6? 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to say Scream Six. <laughs> gonna have to. So yeah, so that um that my girl lovers <laughs> That brings me to my, my next point. All I'm saying all these negative things about the movie. But would I watch Lovers Lane again? Absolutely. I love slashers, good and bad. My final rating is also four out of ten. Yeah, but four I- out of ten, but rewatchable. <sighs> Fair oh enough. shit! What was oh god the fucking weed? What was uh, what <laughs> oh god was, the fucking weed? Ah <laughs> oh man, what the hell was uh the movie we we reviewed? And I kid was like ah, it's like a five point three, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. Was that Pope's Exorcist? Yes, I don't even know. yes, yeah, yep, yep, just thank the one you. we just recorded. Pope's Exorcist. I said five point three. Would I watch it again? No. This, what did I give it? A four, four, out of ten. four out of ten. Would I watch it again? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I don't know. So we just have a soft spot now, for Would slashers. I watch it myself? No. No. I would watch it. It'd be something to throw on in the background, like just yeah, chilling. Totally. But like, yeah. To sit down and pay attention to? Yeah, I wouldn't watch it by yeah. myself. But with people or as a background movie? Totally. So that tells you about our rating scale. So 5.3, not going to watch it. A four? Yeah, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, so uh, check out Lover's Lane more so than uh, Pope's Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Even though Pope's Exorcist is objectively, well, I guess subjectively, the better movie. Yeah. Um, Make sure uh, to follow us online at High on Horror 420, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, next week we have Where Are the Monsters Part 3 Go ahead Drew you can say it Godzilla vs. Destroyer Yeah right so it's, uh, that's going to be the first of our Two lizard movies for Where Are the Monsters And our first Godzilla review that we've our done Our amphibians is Godzilla yeah. an amphibian Yeah yes he is Okay, so yep. I didn't know technically if, So yeah two amphibians basically yeah. uh, Anyway Also you can send us some puff puff ass questions At highonhorror420 At gmail.com Check out our website, highonhard.com. And uh, I guess that'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. See you next week.